1: Pure Talk believes in American values, and that free should mean exactly that. Free. Switch to Pure Talk
2: today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. Qualifying plans start at just thirty-five bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, and fifteen gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com/jesse and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, go to puretalk.com/jesse
3: to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk.
2: Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You wanna talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you wanna talk about your safety training. You wanna talk about how you did it at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things, they take all the necessary steps. culture we're gonna talk about our culture and we're gonna open talking about a new theory i have it's brilliant and finally we're going to try to help joe through an interview all that's coming up right now on i'm right I want you to picture you're getting ready to go in a big boxing match. You're getting ready to go in a fight, and you're stepping in the ring. You're you. You're you're normal you. You're, you're, you know, I'm assuming not a professional boxer. I'm not a professional boxer. You get in the ring, and you're going up against the best boxer in the world. And you step in the ring, and he's on his side of the ring, and he comes out to the center of the ring, and he just sits down after the match starts. What would you feel like in that moment? Would you be excited? Probably not. You'd be weirded out. Why? This guy knows what he's doing. This is the best guy in the world, and yet he's doing the dumbest thing you can possibly imagine. That feeling is exactly how I'm feeling at this exact moment when it comes to the Democratic Party. The Democrats are better at politics than the Republicans. Fact. Don't get mad. I know you're probably a Republican. I'm a Republican. It's fine. You're an amateur. I'm an amateur. Government is not your god. That is not the same for Democrats. The Democratic Party, especially today, they don't believe in politics sometimes life is politics they worship it it's everything to them why do you think they want it everywhere it's everything to them and like anyone else who trains more than you or i train in general they're better at it let's be frank about this from a from a from a thirty thousand foot view what do democrats want do they want government bigger or do they want government smaller well, they want government bigger What's government done for about the last 100 years in the United States of America? Don't tell me. Don't argue with me that that we're just as good at them. No, we're not. The Republican Party has some benefits of the Democratic Party. Mainly, it's a patriotism thing. But in general, they're better at politics. Nancy Pelosi is a prime example of this. You hate her cats. I hate her cats. It's fun to make fun of her. She's always out there taking stances that make you or I just want to scream. Nancy Pelosi's brilliant. Nancy Pelosi has taken some has taken the personality of Nurse Ratchet, and one flew over the cuckoo's nest and made herself probably the most powerful woman in the United States of America. Third in line to be president, speaker of the House multiple times. Nancy Pelosi can snap her feeble fingers and have done whatever she wants done. How can you do that when you're so hated? Because she's brilliant. She knows exactly what she's doing and she spends virtually all of her time rickrolling Republicans in Washington, D.C., fooling them into increasing the size of government and giving them a little bit more of what they want. So Democrats are better. And yet, they appear to be making a huge mistake with these street riots once again. And let's establish something you can believe otherwise all you want. I believe 100% Democrats have the ability, have the authority to stop all of this street rioting that just like that overnight, if they wanted this stopped, it would be stopped. All their friends in the media would instantly be getting text messages and emails. All right, I need you to start trashing this and they would stop it people would be sending out the police force to do their job i know that's crazy i know that's wild mayor of portland mayor of new york city decide they want it stopped they have perfectly capable police departments well-equipped police departments they can stop it so i believe these are continuing because democrats want them to continue and yet it looks like a huge mistake they did this in 2016. You may not remember because it's so long ago and it's about 8,000 tragedies ago. But they did the same thing. You remember Black Lives Matter scumbags burning down Charlotte? And even then, we were weirded out. We're, we're like we're, They're burning down a city in a swing state right before an election? That seems insane. The Democratic Party clearly believes that street violence, street chaos, you turning on the news every night and seeing something new burning and looting and murdering, They think it helps them. I have no idea how they could think it helps them, and it weirds me out. One of my good friends in my neighborhood this weekend, this guy I hang out with, he's a Republican, they're a Republican family, normal, middle-class Republican family, wife, not a Democrat, hates Democrats, hates Donald Trump to her core. Hates him. We've had a thousand conversations about it. Don't get me started on it. She just thinks he's the most loathsome individual in the history of mankind. Has told me multiple times at the various get-togethers we have that she's never voting for him, would never not gonna vote for Joe Biden, but is never is never voting for him. Guess what they had to say on Saturday night when we got together. Oh, oh, she's voting Donald Trump because of all this violence, because of all this street riding. You're taking people like that and pushing them into Trump's camp. So it looks like Democrats are making a mistake. But clear back to my professional fighter analogy. Democrats don't make huge mistakes like that. So what am I missing? Here's what I think I was missing. I think I underestimated how much Democrats know they control the culture. They control the message now in this country. The message is whatever Democrats decide it's going to be because they can snap their fingers and every media outlet will report what they want them to report. Every educator from kindergarten all the way through college will start telling the kids what Democrats want them to tell. Every celebrity, every athlete will carry the Democrat message. They are in such a position of power culturally now, the message is what they want it to be. So here's my theory. I think Democrats wanted to create the street violence. They knew eventually public opinion would turn against the street violence, and now they're going to blame Trump. You and I are going to freak, right? We, we've been watching the news. What are you talking about? The Democrats have encouraged this every step of the way. You have vice presidential candidate Kamala Harris actually encouraging people to donate to the fund that bailed all these looters out of jail. Biden staffers as well. They're on record. Every media outlet and the Democratic Party, they've, they've encouraged these every step of the way. So you're thinking, well, they're never going to do that. Nobody's going to believe that This is Trump's fault. They might. How much information, how much propaganda can you withstand before you change your mind on something? Normal people don't consume news like you and I consume news. You're a political geek. I'm a political geek. That's fine. That's good. It's a, cool, it's a cool thing to be into. The person who decides elections come home comes home at night Kisses the wife, kisses the kids, pets the dog, sits down, has dinner, long day. Let's see what sports games are on. Oh, nothing interesting tonight. Let me turn on the news for 10 minutes. And what are they listening to? What are they watching? A little 10-minute segment from NBC News at night? Do you think that 10-minute segment for the next two months is going to be blaming Democrats for the street rioting? Or do you think that 10-minute segment for the next two months is going to be blaming Donald Trump for the street rioting? I think I underestimated the Democrats here, which I should not be doing. They're all on message now. Here's Representative Brian Steele.
1: I think it's a positive thing that the President of the United States is coming to our community of Kenosha, Wisconsin. He's going to talk firsthand to law enforcement officers, those who've been on the front lines, and say thank you to those men and women who serve and protect our community and reestablish public safety in the community of Kenosha.
2: Okay, that's right, right? That's right. That's that's obviously, that's, a, that's honestly, that's a nonpartisan point of view. President's going to Kenosha. Calm things down and spread a right message. Here's Democratic Governor Tony Evers. Quote, I understand yesterday you indicated you would be visiting Kenosha. And according to the pool reports last night, that you intend to visit Kenosha this Tuesday. That's tomorrow. I write today to respectfully ask you to reconsider. I, along with other community leaders who have reached out, are concerned about what your presence will mean for Kenosha and our state. I'm concerned your presence will only hinder our healing. Oh, gosh. I'm concerned your presence will only delay our work together to overcome division and move forward together. Trump's been offering help. It's been refused. That became Trump's fault. Trump now offers to show up. It's refused. So it could be Trump's fault. And by tomorrow, they'll be blaming Trump for not showing up and doing something about it. And the National Democratic Party, Joe Biden, all of them, they're all saying the same things. Here's Amy Klobuchar.
4: We have a president that literally stands on the people's lawn in violation of the Hatch Act. stands on the lawn with a bunch of pageantry and a bunch of fancy clothes with arias playing from the balcony and
0: says, oh do you want to be more safe we are not safe in Donald Trump's America
2: and here's Adam Schiff
3: the president is willfully fanning the flames of this violence Uh, as his own advisor Kellyanne Conway said last week they believe the violence is helpful to them Uh, and the president is only motivated by one thing what's in it for him and he sees this violence Uh, and and his ability to agitate more of it as useful to his campaign. What it does to the country, the loss of life, he doesn't care. 180,000 people have died from the pandemic uh, because of his incompetence and this malignant narcissism. Uh, And he simply not only won't uh, act to stop the violence in the streets, but he will try to send federal uh, National Guard forces or others to aggravate it uh, if he can. He will stoke it through his social media, where he can, because he believes the violence helps him.
2: I could have played you 10,000 clips of exactly that. They are so good at it, on message, and message matters, and, not trying to bring you down on a Monday night, it is a long way to the election. We have two months. And just because Biden's poll numbers are in free fall now, do not count your chickens. Two months, and look how quickly they can turn on a dime. Democrats go from encouraging rioting to encouraging rioting to encouraging rioting. And one day they wake up and think, all right, the riots are bad. Let's blame the whole thing on Donald Trump. And they pivot like that. And because you have the entire American media in your pocket, you're not going to get called out for hypocrisy. Do you think any one of these people is going to stand up and give an interview to our media and have the interviewer say, well, wait a minute, I'm looking here three months ago and this this says you were encouraging it, so you're not encouraging it anymore? You never have to answer that question if you're a Democrat in the United States of America. And that's the beauty of owning the culture. The truth is whatever you want it to be. And as per usual, for Democrats, the truth is... It's their fault, and they're going to be able to blame the whole thing on someone else. We'll see how it shakes out. Mark Meadows brings up an interesting point.
3: You want to talk about Donald Trump's uh, uh, America. Most of Donald Trump's America is peaceful. It is a a Democrat-led city in Portland that we're talking about this morning who just yesterday denied help once again Mm -hmm. from the federal government and so uh, listen we we need to get uh, to the bottom of this we need to make sure that we hold people accountable and ultimately we need to make sure that these people that are conducting these acts go to jail now that's a good
2: point and the only question is what will the middle of the road american voter what will they decide is the truth about this is it rioting Is it looting? Is it assault? Is it murdering? Are are those the things going on where you live? Almost undoubtedly, no. Not going on in my neighborhood. I haven't seen any of that. Are people going to place the blame of this where it really belongs at the foot of Democrat mayors and Democrat governors? I don't know. But we are going to find out in November. We're going to find out if this strategy of street violence and chaos is effective for Democrats. Only time will tell. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, Atlantic flag and Pole. well, they have a pretty cool mission. Their mission is simply this. They want an American flag in every yard in the United States, and that is a great thing. A great thing. Don't let this current filth we have out there now convince you that the red, white, and blue is something to be ashamed of. Don't let them convince you that you shouldn't shouldn't stand for the flag. You shouldn't cover your heart for the national anthem. You shouldn't be proud to be an American. Yes, you should. You and I are the most blessed people on earth to be Americans. Atlantic Flag and Pole is a small family business full of patriots. And here's the best part. Their flagpole, American engineered with American aluminum. American made jobs, American made products. Go to Atlanticflagpole.com. That's Atlanticflagpole.com. Buy yourself one. Don't forget though, don't forget to use the code Jesse. Save yourself 10%. We'll be back. Interesting, interesting strategy Democrats have to come up with for Joe Biden. Not only has their pro-street riot messaging not gone well as the polls have flipped over, but hiding Joe Biden hasn't gone well either. Now, I would argue in defense of Democrats, and I can't believe I'm going to defend them, what other option do they have? Anytime he's even on camera from the comfort of his basement, he's short-circuiting. And let me give you a little inside baseball as to how that actually works. I've done a thousand TV interviews. I've done them in person. I've done them in person in in a separate place, in New York City or somewhere, where they'll put you on a plane and they'll fly you out and they'll put you up in a hotel. And then the time comes, you have to go down and you have to go through security and sit down and you do your interview on camera and millions of people watch. And I've also done them now, especially because of coronavirus, from my house, where you go in, you sit down in front of my office, In my computer, I open up my computer and turn it on and boom, there it is. And I do a 10-minute interview and I have a confession to make to all of you. Sometimes I'm not wearing pants when I do that because they don't film you from the waist down, which is a nice way of saying the home ones are about as easy and stress-free as it gets. I'll be stuffing nachos in my mouth, talking to my sons, talking to the old lady up to interview time be right back in 10 minutes what i'm saying is what joe biden has been doing with his basement interviews is as easy and relaxed as he's going to have it for the next eight years if he's elected president of the united states and democrats have figured out he can't even do that well he can't give a mini interview without stepping all over himself he's terrible at it but they have a problem public is now concerned about the riots they're blaming democrats for the riots democrats are the party of riots and the party is concerned we have new poll numbers out about the public's faith in joe biden's ability to protect them which i told you was going to come joe biden may seem like the nicer guy But Joe Biden is not going to get elected if he's viewed as the weaker guy when Americans are this scared of the street violence they see on the news every night. Now the Democratic Party's in a pickle. You have to have this guy out on the campaign trail. The basement campaign's no longer going to work. But he can't do it. He can't do it. You're going to kill the poor guy before the election even comes around. He can't do it. And instead, we get, we get lame statements like this trying to blame Trump for... And this was the written-down, drafted version. Quote, As a country, we must condemn the incitement of hate and resentment that led to this deadly crash. It is not a peaceful protest when you go out spoiling for a fight. What does Donald Trump think will happen when he continues to insist on fanning the flames of hate and division in our society and using the politics of fear to whip up his supporters? He is recklessly encouraging violence. He may believe tweeting about law and order makes him strong, but his failure to call on his supporters to stop seeking conflict just shows how weak he is. He may think that war in our streets is good for his re-election chances, but that's not presidential leadership or even basic human compassion. The part you need to focus on is when he says, tweeting about law and order makes him strong. These statements are drafted and drafted and poll tested and poll tested again. That was the part that really should have got you. Democrats know they look terrible. They look like they've encouraged it. They look like they're too weak to stop it. Weak at the top. That's Joe Biden. And that's what you get. Let this be a lesson to all, both parties, even though I don't want to help Democrats. As you've heard me say 10,000 times on this show, it is very, 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 very difficult to unseat a sitting president. How do I know that? History tells me so. They get reelected like three-fourths of the time. It's just... Hard. The power of the office is powerful, very. Visually, it's powerful. You're standing there in front of the White House. You're giving speeches. You're getting on Air Force One. You look like the guy who's leading the country. And well, I mean, I don't like him, but we might as well. It's hard to unseat that guy, and you need to take big, bold chances to unseat that guy. You cannot play it safe and bounce the president of the United States out of the White House. We tried that with our own version. His name was Mitt Romney, and it was embarrassing. Well, I mean, you have this candidate and that candidate, but, I mean, Mitt's so safe. Look how nice he is. You know he drinks chocolate milk? (laughs) That's so adorable. Who did Mitt Romney excite? Nobody. Ever. I mean, ever. That's the mistake Democrats have made. They've gone all in on just somebody who's there. I mean, he was a senator for 9,000 years, and then he was a vice president for eight years. He said, everybody hates Trump like we do, right? Everyone hates him. They don't, they don't. Parties make this mistake all the time. Here's Joe Biden talking quickly about the National Guard.
0: I'll restore respect for our civil military relations. That's the bedrock principle of our republic. You know, it's been tested lately, but I promise you as president, I'll never put you in the middle of politics or personal vendettas, I'll never use the military as a prop or as a private militia to violate rights of fellow citizens. That's not law and order. You don't deserve that.
2: couple things I want you to notice about that video, I'm actually going to play it for you again here in a second, one, look behind Joe Biden you notice anything in your face? Three gigantic American flags waving behind him. Why would they do that when they couldn't, they couldn't manage to roll one out for their entire convention? They hate the flag. They believe in kneeling for the flag. Why do you think Joe Biden's all of a sudden standing in front of a podium with three flags behind him? Because they've poll tested that too, and they realize all of America can now see, this party looks like they hate the place. But lastly, when you watch this one more time, I want you to look at, forget about what he's saying, look at his energy, look at his face. Does this seem to you like a man who's ready to lead the most powerful nation on earth?
0: I'll restore respect for our civil military relations. That's the bedrock principle of our republic. You know, it's been tested lately, but I promise you as president, I'll never put you in the middle of politics or personal vendettas. I'll never use the military as a prop or as a private militia to violate rights of fellow citizens. That's not law and order. You don't deserve that.
2: Yeah, I know you see it. Everyone sees it. It's a problem. Now. Let's talk about something positive for a minute. Warrior's Heart. I love when people go out there and do the hard things, things they don't have to do. And Warrior's Heart Foundation, this is what they do. They have a 543-acre, 40-bed facility, and they take our veterans who are struggling with PTSD. They take our veterans who are struggling with mild TBI. That's traumatic brain injury. They take our veterans who are struggling with substance abuse and they don't just make a phone call. Oh, let's just mail them a brochure. What about a bottle of pills? Can we get them a bottle of pills? No, they bring them in. They have peer-to-peer counseling. They put people through programs and change lives, change lives of veterans who gave it for us. They went out there and did it, did the hard things, and now they're back here and they need help. Warriors Heart Foundation is giving them that help. It's a 501c3. They exist because of you, in me. Let's make sure that happens. So go to warriorsheart.com slash the first. That's warriorsheart.com slash the first. And listen to me. If you're a veteran who is hurting, struggling with PTSD, struggling with substance abuse, going through these things, you are not alone. Call this phone number 24 hours a day. Someone will answer this phone number. 866-950-0636. That's 866-950-0636. Don't be too tough to ask for help. We'll be back. Joining me now, former GOP congressman and current dean of business at Liberty University, our good friend Dave Bratt. Congressman, I have this theory. It's a long, drawn-out theory, so I'm going to divide it up into parts here. First of all, the first part of my theory is that Democrats are simply better at politics than Republicans are. Is that right? Uh,
5: Politics defined as scorched earth, uh, winner-take-all, yes in terms of Aristotelian logic, setting up a community that is sustainable over the long run of friends uh, not so good.
2: Okay, okay, so I agree. Knowing that, I look at all this street violence and rioting, and clearly it looks bad for Democrats because you see how they've changed the messaging on everything, their poll numbers are clearly bad. But this is election cycle number two where they've done this. They did the same thing prior to the 2016 election. They were burning yeah. down places like Charlotte and whatnot. So they're under the impression that street violence is good for them. I know they are because they're encouraging it. Yeah. It's clearly not. What, what, what's happening to the party that's good at politics? They're missing something here.
5: Well, I think they just lost track of the train, right? I mean, they they set it in motion and uh, it... it got going a little too hot and too fast. And so the uh, the radicals on the streets, you know, it, if it's, you know, like a Charlottesville kind of thing and you get, you know, it, it, both sides there, they win because they own the press. But what's unique this time it was all leftist groups uh, and it arson, uh, you know, 30 buildings torched the other night. Now murders, uh, police officers being murdered. It's out of control. And it's clear that it's all on the left right now, and so now the suburbs are getting jittery. And my theory is, I don't know if it's true, but at the convention, CNN and MSNBC and some of the more liberal stations finally got a chance to view the convention for 10 minutes, and some of the some of the moderates saw it and said, I I like these people. They they look normal to me, and uh, I think the polls started shifting a little bit.
2: Okay, so how do they shift that message this fast? Are they I I have argued my theory is they are powerful enough now culturally. They do own enough of the culture that they will be successful, at least partially successful, in putting this violence on Trump now. That's that's the message they're putting out there. It's yeah. Trump's fault. And I think they're gonna be successful at it.
5: Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. Uh, you see how they characterize, even you know, if it's a young kid that gets murdered and they call him a right wing nationalist or something like this, uh, and that's the excuse for hi- him being you know, shot down or injured. Uh, the, the press has really gone overboard. So it's up to the American people to discern the truth there. And I think they may be warming up, but uh, yeah, I, I, I haven't got there. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much with you still. I'm, I'm fairly cynical.
2: Well, that's, that's who we are at this point. And look, it's not like it's going to get very much better. I, and look, something we don't talk about very much, but I wanted to bring up with you, because it's close to my heart. There were a couple local restaurants in my little town closed again this weekend. One, just the loveliest Christian couple you've ever met in your life. Coronavirus yeah. wiped them out. Uh, Where's the anger from Americans now at yeah. what we've done with these coronavirus lockdowns? We're out there every single night covering all these riots in the street. Everyone has a camera phone out as everybody wants to dance and riot and loot and murder and whatnot. Yeah. But small businesses can't open. Restaurants can't open. Is the American spirit, is it not a freedom-loving spirit anymore? People should be marching with pitchforks.
5: Yeah, no, I, I agree with it. The, the freedom... Uh, got moderated into a pluralism of acceptance of anything, and that that's a new type of freedom. It, the founders all believe in a reasoned, enlightened freedom, which could discriminate between good and bad, and uh, law and order and and chaos. And so we've lost it. And then the Judeo-Christian tradition has become watered down. Every pastor, instead of preaching down the full content of the good book uh, has sugar-coated it, kind of like the Federal Reserve, we're on a sugar high. And theologically, we're on a sugar high. Everybody's got to be kind. Uh, Jesus was just always kind and nice, uh, which is not the biblical record at all. He he was obedient to the Father and was one with the Father and uh, ushered it down uh, stiffly as well. He loved everybody, but love doesn't mean uh, caving into lawlessness and 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 giving into untruth, and so we've lost that. Uh, when people uh, are not telling the truth, like on the media these days, uh, over half the population is tuning into those channels and getting fed by that, and uh, they're not discriminating. So yeah, we've become weak in mind and weak in in spirit, and uh, especially weak in in. Uh, the use of force to protect the innocent, which goes back to, you know, Augustine in 400, just war, turn the other cheek personally if that's the right thing to do. But uh, if you see an innocent uh, being harmed, uh, it's your duty uh, to, to help. How did we lose the church? How did that happen? And this speaks right
2: to my heart. I lost my own pastor, my own church over this whole thing. We sit down in the church on Sunday, sitting there with the wife and kids, and all of a sudden I'm being lectured about white privilege and all these other things. who left never be back, never will be back again. That's just a church that's gotten pillow soft and frankly useless and does more harm than good. But how'd that happen?
5: Well, the left, similar, very similar to higher ed, right? I went to Princeton Seminary, which you know we had James Madison come out of there, a few decent people, <laughs> and so it was great. And then we we founded the Calvinists and the Protestants founded Harvard, Yale, Princeton. Harvard's motto was "Truth for Christ and Church" in 1640, and by the 1850s we were giving away the universities to the secular uh, society voluntarily for the public good, for the public sphere, and we said. Look, you guys just keep teaching Aristotle, right, kind of a secular ethics and Kant and these kind of philosophers who were, were analogous to Christianity, but highly rationalized form. So we, we gave it away, hoping that that was a nice gesture and we would all get along. Well, we don't know, you know, Genesis 3, the fall, I mean, human nature's fallen and it takes discipline in order to maintain universities and seminaries and the church. And uh, secular society doesn't have order or discipline. That's what they lack. And so we gave it away. They took it. And now instead of doing Aristotle, they're doing uh, radical Marxist theory across the board. Right? Harvard, Yale. I could go on and on. Uh, but you know, the identity politics—that's straight, you know, neo-Marxist stuff, and that's atheist. And so it went from, you know, Aristotle to liberal, to neo-Marxist, and that's where we are right now.
2: So we should have just accepted the fact early on that people are going to worship something so you can't give an ounce of ground because they'll just find something else, is that what you're saying?
5: Yeah, the church especially should should know better. I mean, the church knows itself, we're all fallen, right? I mean, it, it, it took three chapters for the fall, the rest is redemption. Right, and so uh, in, in the Protestant strand, we believe in a in a radical fallenness before God, and that's Madison set up the government on that premise, the separation of powers, because you don't trust anybody, right? There's three layers up at the federal, and then you got federal, state, and local, and all sorts of checks and balances because power corrupts, and everybody knows that. And so uh, that was the setup originally. It was very wise, and now everybody's just straight all out uh on on the path for power accumulation and that's it just power for power's sake there's no george washington that goes home and uh just wants to uh do good on the farm after they serve their country
2: dean of business at liberty university Dave brad thank you my friend i appreciate you
5: hey thank you jesse appreciate it
2: you work hard for your money right And if you're somebody who has money in stocks and bonds, you're also somebody who's made sacrifices. That's a sacrifice. Whether you're setting aside $5 a month or $5,000 a month or $50,000 a month, depending on how you're doing, you're taking that money, money that you could spend now for that instant gratification, because that's the society we live in, and you're taking it and you're moving it somewhere else. Why? Because you have an eye to the future. You have an eye to retire one day, maybe pass along some money to your kids one day, and you've done that, you've done a good thing. What if it was all taken away from you and no fault of your own? You know that that's happening, right? It's going to. Markets correct is the word they try to use to describe it when in reality they're saying markets dip low, markets crash, markets crater, bubbles burst. If all the money you've worked hard for is in stocks and bonds, you are playing with fire. Get a gold IRA. Just just get a gold IRA from Gold Alliance. If you want more information, go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse. Diversify. Protect yourself. You worked hard for it. Keep it. We'll be back. Joining me now, always a special treat for us, is Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee, which you will find out as soon as she starts talking. She's also the author of The Mind of a Conservative Woman, Seeking the Best for Family and Country, highly recommended. Senator, what is the mind of a conservative woman?
4: (laughs) You know, Jesse, I have to tell you, one of the things that we learned and one of the reasons for writing the book is that so many women who were independents, they're not really Democrat, Republican. They say, you know, we we want fairness out of our public policy. We want to make certain that the rule of law is there, that it is followed, that there is equal treatment under the law and that there is equal justice. So basically what they're espousing is conservative values and we know that they need a place to land when they're discussing political issues likewise we also know that the mainstream media has so disparaged conservative women it's like we're fourth-class citizens if you're pro-family pro-life pro-business pro-military they really don't want to hear from you So this is in defense of all of those women. And indeed, I dedicated the book to all the conservative women that I have served with during my political career because they're out there every single day fighting for freedom. And conservative women are some of the best defenders of our liberties and our freedoms.
2: Senator, the conservative women I know lose their minds when they see the numbers that show democrats are the democrats consistently get you know 60 of women it's shocking nationally they get that much and they can't understand it they can't relate what is the disconnect there how did the republican party lose the majority of women in the country because i look at it and i i, I view that the republican party is the pro-woman party the, the the party that believes in god and family and all that so how did we lose them what happened
4: I I think that what happened is that the leftist groups that are so supportive of women are so tied into the media that basically they have made it out to be, if you support this agenda, that government is the answer to the problems. If you support what the left organizations are saying should be the preferred stance of women and there is no explanation of what conservatism is or the only explanation you know is what you're seeing on TV and the mainstream media makes conservatism sound like a bunch of greedy old gray-headed guys locked in a room hoarding over trying to protect everything for themselves and not caring for anyone else and we know that is just not true. So one of the things I did in the book was to go back and talk about what is conservatism? Where do we draw our principles from? We go back to the five cities approach to things, looking at Jerusalem and the 12 tribes and how we arrived at federalism and Athens and London and Philadelphia and Washington, D.C., and then come to modern day conservatism through the writings of Tocqueville and Burke and William F. Buckley, Russell Kirk, uh, Frederick Hayek, Milton Friedman, all important voices into establishing what modern-day conservatism is. And this is a great guidebook for women and for men, too. But we do have it specifically addressing women because so many suburban women have said, I don't even know what conservatism is and what I see on TV, my goodness. I don't know if I'm really for that. So we're wanting to kind of set the record straight.
2: How'd you become a conservative? I mean, I, I, I want everyone to know that uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn was not born a United States Senator. You were obviously a conservative long before that. How'd you get there? Is this a parent thing? Somebody hand you a book? How'd you get there?
4: Uh, One of the things that happened for me was being born into a conservative family and a family that was very involved in our community. And we were always taught to give back more than you take and to leave things in better shape than you found them. And that is how we grew up being taught to be participants in our community, uh, valuing the Constitution, valuing the rule of law, valuing the, the systems and values that were taught at our church. So for me, that is what is foundational. And then as I went to college, I had great friends who were on the other side of the aisle, and we would have these wonderful, robust political debates. And that helped me to strengthen my belief system. Then becoming a parent, rearing my children, uh, going into public service as my children grew up and having to daily defend our conservative values. That really is how it has happened for me. And one of the things that is of such concern to me is that so many women will say, you know, I just don't know how to articulate what I believe. And this is why having a book that says, this is what conservatism is. This is how women apply these principles to the decisions that they make. This is how to debate somebody when it's tough issues like life or healthcare or taxes or immigration. And this is how to talk with your friends on these issues because one of the time-honored traditions in our country is that we have a hefty respect for robust, respectful, bipartisan debate. That is how we make laws, that's how we arrive at decisions.
2: Senator, I'm glad you brought that up, because I don't see that as much anymore, and I'm not talking about just the craziness you see online and whatnot. I see it in my own neighborhood. We live in a normal, middle-class neighborhood, mostly Republicans, some Democrats in there, and I don't find honest debate even there. I, honestly, the honest, full disclosure, the Democrats walk in and everybody runs to the other side of the room, because you can't talk about kids and football and the lawn and things like that. It's going to be somebody in your face all the time. Did we lose that ability to have that discussion? Is it gone now?
4: I don't think it's gone. I think we have to step forward. We as conservatives, this is our duty to step forward and say, you know, it's a good thing when we can have a point counterpoint discussion. It's a good thing when we can agree to respectfully disagree. And our nation's Freedoms and liberties have been very well served by having that respectful debate. And we need to return that to the public square and to our neighborhoods. I was talking with a friend the other day, and she is conservative, and she has a couple of neighbors that are very liberal. Uh, she had put her flags out. Labor Day is coming. And so she had gone ahead and put her flags out Uh, back out in her lawn and they were upset that she had put the flags out and she told them she said look I am here to celebrate the men and women that get up every day that go to work that really make this economy churn and it's been a tough year for the U.S. I think we should celebrate who we are and I thought what a beautiful way You know, there was no confrontation. She just expressed her views and caused them to think about it from her vantage point. She is proud. She's retired, but she is proud of the men and women that every single day go to work and make this economy what it has been. And pre-COVID, we had the best economy our country had ever had with the lowest unemployment rates in so many different sectors of our economy.
2: Senator Marsha Blackburn, one of the really good ones, people from Tennessee. Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate you.
4: Oh, uh, Thank you so much, and I hope your viewers will keep up with us on social media at Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and Parlor. It is at Marsha Says, M-A-R-S-H-A-S-A-Y-S. We're going to continue this conversation.
2: At Marsha Says. I love it. Thank you, ma'am.
4: Thanks, Jesse. Bye-bye.
2: Let me tell you about Vault Pro. Vault Pro is a veteran-owned company selling american-made safes and it's more than just gun safes it's vault doors it's storm shelters it's walk-in vaults first of all if you don't believe me, go to vaultprousa.com and check out the list of products they have now you need to understand this i already own a vault pro safe i love it i love that it's warranted for life it speaks to the quality of it but you can get these things customized you want to add some shelving in your vault? You can do that. Add a gun rack here, a workbench here. You can do that. They have a laundry list of options that you can add to your Vault Pro Safe, making it exactly what you need. And they're wonderful to work with. Go to vaultprousa.com slash jesse. That's vaultprousa.com slash jesse. Do not forget to use the promo code the First TV. Go there now anyway. Enter for a chance to win a free handgun save. We'll
3: be back. I know you may be Joe biden out, but in the interest of
2: fairness, I wanted to play you one more Joe Biden video before we signed off for the night.
1: Joining us live this morning from New York. Hey, good morning. Wake up. Yes, wake up! Wake up! I can't hear <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is your wake up call. <laughs> nothing. Okay, um, I tell you what, we are going. He's yeah, he's meditating. He's having, he's taking a little nap. Stop taking a little you. nap.
2: I'll see you tomorrow. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. It's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, You get 10% off.
3: for more details.
2: We all know by now that atrocities were committed by Hamas last October 7th, which kicked off a vicious war as Israel defends herself from terrorists on every side. The toll on the Israeli people is staggering and massive. Hundreds of thousands of Israelis have been forced from their homes, entire communities are torn apart, lives devastated by death and destruction. The International Fellowship of Christians and Jews is right there in the middle of it all every single day. They're distributing critical essentials for hundreds of thousands of suffering Jews. The need is great, and that's why I'm partnering with IFCJ today. Every donation is urgently needed to help the people of Israel. To donate from your mobile phone, dial pound 250. When prompted, say the keyword, support IFCJ. That's dial pound 250 from your mobile phone and say keyword support IFCJ when prompted. Your gift will be matched to double in impact and help provide twice the support. Again, that's dial pound 250 and say the keyword support IFCJ. Thank you and God bless. burden and bringing stability. The foundation helps Gold Star and Fallen First Responder families as well as our nation's most catastrophically injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at t2t.org. That's t the number 2 t.org. Never forget 911 or the sacrifices our heroes have made for us.